Hello and welcome to Opt-in Lockdown. This week we're talking to Kerry Kemp from Informa Markets and our chosen subject is managing a team. So the reason why I've chosen this topic now is um, I've mentioned it a few times before. My, my dream is that we use this time to come out of it in the best possible way to have the most resilient workforce, uh, the most resilient managers, um, the most resilient industry um, and to not waste this time um, but to use it as a time to where we can maybe think about things differently or try something new or just take some time to think when we're generally in an industry where we don't have time to think. I think we're all brilliant because we think off the, off, um, the top of our heads quite a lot, but let's use this time to think about how we could do things a lot better. Um, the key things that make this a priority, obviously um, some of us, not me, but Kerry certainly is managing a global team. Some of us are, are managing, obviously, a lot of people in isolation. Um, we're managing people with and without empathy. We're managing people who are being furloughed. And we're managing what, what we're finding hardest is the tale of two halves. So we've got half of our work workforce literally working their asses off. And the other half sitting at home feeling like they're not helping or or just that disconnect between the two sets of paces so we're going to talk a bit more about that I just did want to say if you all are on here as managers of a team there is nobody else that's pivoting using that word more than you guys are right now and and that I am personally and I think it's probably one of the hardest pivots we've had to do because it's it's hearts and minds and it's people's livelihoods that we're pivoting with um so well done you um not for the faint-hearted obviously so we're going to do a couple of polls and we're going to get all of our polls out at the beginning so fingers on buzzers and then i'll let kerry in and start talking one second right the first poll is just so we know who's in the room what describes your current role and just pick one of those Fab. Okay. So we've got a real mix, actually. That's, um, that's great. Um, because, yeah, we need as many comments in this chat as possible. We're all coming at it from different viewpoints. There you go. Um, yeah, if you can use the chat, because I'll download the chat and save it online afterwards. Um, and it's always helpful to get loads of different points of view. The uh, second one is, so do you think our teams will be better at the end of this pandemic? I can see Trevor and Maria are having a debate. <laughs> okay. So the majority says yes, which is good, actually. Um, yeah, few, thankful for that. Um, I hope we are. I think some might not, but I hope as a whole we are. And then the final question, just to get this one out of the way. Will we have better employees at the end of this?
Right. Well, aren't we positive, Polly's? <laughs> That's great. And I, I, I reflect that as well. I really hope that we do have better employees at the end of this. Right. So, Kerry, hold on one sec. Let's let you in. Where are you? Oh, there you are. I'm here. Hard scanning through there. <laughs> so let me introduce Kerry for those of you who don't know her. So Kerry um, Kemp from Informa Markets. Um, when, when I was thinking about who, who I think has got the biggest job in terms of managing teams, I just jumped straight to Kerry because the poor woman's managing teams across the world um, and managing them in a big corporate company and, and probably the total opposite from me. So I thought between the two of us, we might have um, you know, at least some ideas. I think both of us agree we wouldn't put managing a team as like our number one achievement or accomplishment or thing that we are particularly good at. But I figured we all learn from each other's mistakes, don't we? And we all learn from each other's viewpoints. So between me and Kerry, there's got to be um, some benefit. So um, the similarities though, is that we both worked from ops assistant up. You know, we're kind of ops through and through, um, starting at the beginning and then progressing careers uh, right through. And now, yes, yeah, so her biog, very professional, uh, comprised of a team of 50, professionals spread across the UK, Europe, Middle East, Turkey and Egypt in multiple market sectors from B2B and consumer. So Kerry, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming and taking part in it. Um, and thank you, Adam, for laying the ground earlier so, <laughs> so that no one's as afraid anymore. So I've got a similar format, got a bunch of questions. We have chatted through this before as well. So know roughly what you're gonna say, but not the, the nuances. Get your chats open. If you haven't put your video on, put it on anyway, please. Um, and anything that you can add into the chat that will either be a question, a helpful pointer, or something we can download as a resource later, I'll stick it on the site. Right, so ready? Ready. Okay. So number one question, what can employees and team members do to make a difference at the moment? Um, I think at the moment, the well, the key three things that I put down when I was sort of jotting my notes was be positive. This is um, completely unprecedented in terms of the situation that we're all in, but we've got to be focused, we've got to be proactive, and we've got to be solution focused. As an yeah. employee, we are going to come through this, like we will. Things will be different. We will have to do things differently. We will have to adapt, but just be open to it. Don't be afraid of the change. Um, between us, we have a lot of experience and knowledge. Um, and I think that um, it's going to make us stronger in the long run. Yeah. How are you finding your team at the moment in regards to that? Do you find some team members are automatically being that and what about the ones that aren't like is there... <laughs> i can see a lot of my team member faces on this Zoom, so this is right. name them <laughs> <laughs> no i think look um we are in a very very fortunate position and i don't take for granted the fact that we haven't furloughed any of our team globally and that is massive uh, but with that comes a real sense of responsibility um We've got to keep busy. We've got to keep proactive. We've got to keep focused on the end. 
we've got so many projects going on at the minute now has really afforded us the time to really look at all of those you know those archaic processes all those other things that we've wanted time to do for so long and that's what we're doing so i think we are just you know we're getting through it as best we can i'm not going to say that we have the best solution but it's working for us i think the positives are without the travel we're definitely communicating more and more frequently um i spend a lot of time in huddles but do you know what i love it um and i think it's really helping us as as a team to kind of um get to know each other more so i think it's positive mm, excellent um i i agree it's a, well we we have furloughed we've furloughed two of our ops assistants um, so you do when we're on our kind of group team calls it is a tale of two halves like you can see half the team like going oh I'm going for a bike ride here and I'm doing that and the, and then the other half team going oh he's not time for a bike ride um, and, and vice versa you can see the team that are, are furloughed um, looking at the others going I, I feel like I can't help I feel like I'm not part of the solution um, yeah really 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 tricky and i and i think you know when we come to the end when i ask if you'll be a better manager at the end of this i think this is part of it we're, we're never having to manage a tale of two halves quite as much as we are right now yeah. um okay so what are the things that you do to affect change within your team and we're not just talking about now in furlough but just a, 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 as a general kind of managing question yeah um so i think i've experienced a fair amount of change over the years and um, i was thinking about this earlier in the context of pretty much every company i've worked for has ended up going through a merger or an acquisition so, um and then in terms of um from a contractor point of view contractor appointments aren't always within um our gift to give when you move into a big corporation sometimes it's um, down to a procurement team so that can be difficult. So I think in terms of change, I guess my top kind of things are create a plan, have a plan or blag a plan, <laughs> definitely. But make sure with, with having that, that you socialize that plan really early on with your key team members. I spend a lot of my time on the phone to my management team, bouncing ideas off the getting them to check whether I've gone crazy or not and, and using their knowledge and expertise as well. And I think the more you can socialise those ideas with people early on and, and get those, you know, get that kind of circle of trust, it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And also with contractors and your kind of subject matter experts, um, I feel that that really works. Communicate it all the time, like why you're doing it, what the reasons are. Do it in different forums. Um, sometimes formal things work so working groups project groups stuff like that other mm -hmm. times talking about it down the pub works <laughs> yes. the water cooler works it just depends and you'll have to you know you'll learn and, and I'm still learning yeah Each person in the team has a different way that they absorb that knowledge but just make sure that you socialize it a lot um, and you'll you'll get there yeah i i really struggle with that bit because i'm like an ideas i'm a change person i think part of my upbringing i i moved a lot when i was younger so change isn't something that i struggle with in fact if i'm sat still for too long i want to change something um which is probably why i'm even doing this you know like why not jazz it up a gear or change what i'm doing um and of course so helen who's uh, my head of ops is on the call too she gets the brunt of that in the in that i'm like yeah let's 
let's do this and she's like whoa hold on um we need to do that right we need there's a right way to achieve it and stuff I suppose um, uh, the thing that I've found that has really helped with that is recognising your own kind of strengths, I guess, in, in within your management team and, and kind of going, actually, you know, my my strength is that, but it's also my weakness um, to make sure I've got great wing people around me that can balance that off and and complement it, I suppose, is, has been my biggest thing because there's absolutely subtle chance of me ever being good at implementing change just coming up with it in the first place is my forte yeah well i guess the other thing remember that ops people by nature are control freaks so you've yes. got to try and convince a ton of control freaks to go completely against their grain and change yes yeah how do we do that <laughs> Well, I don't know. I haven't quite got there yet. But like I say, talk about it loads with them and make it feel like it's their idea. Often works. Yeah. Yeah, really? I struggle because my I'm too impatient, which is, uh, yeah, the whole company's <laughs> problem, to be honest. Yeah. yeah <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. Right. So um, this is going to be awkward, bearing in mind a uh, current number of employees of yours on the call. Uh, but uh, so what kind of person would be your ideal employee what are their attributes what are their kind of what are the top three things that you want out of an employee yeah um okay so I think a strong work ethic I think anyone that works for me knows that you're not going to sit around um and twiddle your thumbs most of the time mm -hmm. so but someone that's passionate about about that work ethic I think is important um, you've got to be resilient, um, and but then equally be self-aware. Um, I think it's, you know, no one has to be perfect. Everyone has development needs. Everyone has things they could be better at. It's knowing that and knowing who in your team and who of your colleagues are strong in that and using them and, mm -hmm. and, and, and being collaborative with that. So... For me, that's definitely, I think, a really diverse team with lots of different capabilities and experience is something I benefit hugely from. I have such an amazing team who span so many different backgrounds that mm. it does make a big difference. And yeah. you don't want, I mean, no one would want a team of me's. Um, <laughs> don't want that. So you need a diverse team. You don't need a team of clones. Mm. Do you do any kind of profiling on your team, like in terms of psychometrics and all that kind of stuff? Um, so as a company, we have quite a few um, training and development courses. The biggest one that most people use is called Animal Magic. Um, that's, um, so it's fairly similar. If you've done like the red, blue, green, where you get your personality, Animal Magic mm. is fairly similar. So it tells you if you're more a lion or an owl or a horse. And right. then you adapt the way that you um, would approach that person most of the time if you've done one of those courses in whichever you can pretty much fairly accurately guess the kind of uh, color or animal someone is after a mm. while yeah yeah we do uh, we use belbin which is all about um how people work within a team so um 
uh, which we we've not been using that much recently actually but probably need to go back to um, but it did wonders for our business at the beginning because we had um, we had Sarah and I very much doubt she's on this call and she probably won't mind me saying this anyway so Sarah started with us as an assistant and god she was so grumpy like literally bear with a sore head all the time and then we started this Belbin profiling and we were like oh my god it totally makes sense she, she doesn't like concentrating on anything more than one thing at a time we're like how do we even accommodate you within our business which is basically doing everything all at the same time so we put her in charge of accounts and and um not only that we kind of built her a box to sit in in the office with a sliding wall actually um maria and trevor built her a box <laughs> from solutions too half of, half of her office um slide the door opening slides back so she can choose to either be in the team or not in the team and now she's our finance director um and it's and it's i think just a really good example of how sometimes we assume that everybody that's doing our job is one type of person because we kind of look at our job and assume that everybody's control freak and this you know and has certain abilities but actually when you dig that layer or two down and you look at the the kind of the strengths of somebody and their allowable weaknesses um it just helps the team to blend a little bit more do you agree yeah absolutely i guess um the one overarching thing i would kind of say on it is it's a small industry but equally you'll find your fit just because you're not right for one team doesn't mean that you're not right for the industry people that work in a large corporate company are very very different to the people that might work for yourself lou it just mm. just have to learn to not take it personally and you'll learn something from everyone just see the good in it you will learn you will always learn regardless mm. from every single one of my managers and i think all you can hope to for the people that work for you and work within your team everyone will find their fit oh toast the most um yeah i completely agree i hadn't really thought about it like that this industry is yeah we're bloody amazing for that um yeah we've got so much variety in the mix haven't we um it's interesting i was just um, having a conversation over email from one of the attendees from tuesday about kind of what training she wants to do and where her career might go kind of in the future um, and we are so lucky that we can kind of just nudge slightly left or right or take a leap and still still be within this amazing community yeah. oh, right okay so what would you say to your less experienced self uh -huh. um you don't have to control everything no um yeah. <laughs> i would say um you won't always get it right and that's okay just acknowledge it learn from it move on um go with your gut mostly it's right <laughs> Um, particularly when it comes to working with people, um, recruiting, that side of things. I think definitely that's important. You, you know it more than anyone. My biggest tip, and I know you said this already on Tuesday, is build your power circle. Build, <laughs> get to know your subject-specific experts. They are the company directors that will get on the floor and lay the tiles for you during the show. 
yes Trev, <laughs> they are the people that when you forget to order the gas mains for the kitchen on the show floor, they will install it overnight for you. They are the people that will really pull you out. Mm. Make sure you know who they are. Find them. Someone's power circle won't be yours. Make your own. Um, and don't be afraid to ask them for advice and build those relationships. And mm. at the moment, make sure you give them support as well as much as you can. Yeah, I just couldn't say that any better I think the one thing I'm going to pick out of what you just said is that your power circle isn't the same as another's so like how important is it right now for everybody within our team to be building their own power circles and not rely <clears throat> not rely on someone else's this is kind of something we touched on with ads on Tuesday was that so my my power circle like my go-to people um shouldn't be the same as Helen or Tabs in, in my team. Their their power circle only ever expands your total team power circle. Um see what I mean? And they shouldn't all be the same. But likewise we shouldn't be afraid of like venturing it over spaces either, if you see what I mean. Yeah, um, that's it. You can be many things to many people. Um yeah. I think yeah, like I say I've I learnt more from, you know, do what you said before, follow, go, go around with people on the show floor, ask questions, learn, how do you do this? How does that mm -hmm. do that warehouse visit? Do all of that. And then also, you know, from an ops person, learn about the challenges that the sales team are having or the marketing are having. I know that it's very, it's very easy for us to sit there and say, oh, sales are useless. I wish they wouldn't do this, but mm. sit with them, sit on their calls, understand what they're up against when they're trying to sell the stands, understand what the feedback is from the clients. And then the more you can put yourself in other people's shoes and the more you can understand it, it just makes you more, more well-rounded, I guess. Mm. I think um, it's probably more speaking to people not on this call, but um, but if I were to answer that question for myself, I think in my 20s, um, which is clearly a long time ago, I thought that everybody else knew it and that I was playing catch up um, and and almost didn't show my cards as as vulnerably as as maybe I should have or could have I think I could have got more if I'd have just gone I don't have a clue um help um a lot earlier in my career I almost needed to go through that point get the confidence to then go I don't have a clue and now in my mid to late 40s I'm like I do not have a clue <laughs> help you always need more. you wish you had that confidence if I had that confidence 20 years ago I'd be bloody dynamite um, and, and it is, I think it's definitely something interesting. It would be amazing to uh, find a way to give our younger generation of ops people that, that dynamite to give them that head start on, on realizing that we all don't know what we're talking about. Um, we've only got a few years on them. That's the only difference um, apart from an inquisitive mind. Cool. Fab. Thanks for that. Um, we, we are so running out of time. I'm going to pick one more question, unless there's any on the chat. If anyone's got, please somebody ask a question, a relevant one, preferably. Um, so we've got question five, six, seven, eight. Hold on. Um, oh, I'm going to do this one. 
How do you manage expectation of promotion against company growth? You're going to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wowza. So I thought long and hard about this. Um, and then I did a little bit of Googling as well. I'm not going to lie. Because um, <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a complete um, cow in my answer. <laughs> uh, expectation of promotion. I think um, the biggest um, step change that we have now is the people that have grown up in the industry. <laughs> are obviously few and far between and so there can be an expectation for people to expedite their way to a certain level um, and so i think the way that i've dealt with it rightly or wrongly you have to obviously let them know that you care <laughs> have that conversation with them understand what they you know understand it from the employee's point of view is most important why do they feel that they are at that level and give them the, the time um, to articulate that. But be honest. <laughs> don't sit there and promise that in six months, a year, eight, whatever it is, don't put a timeline on something that you either know that you won't ever fulfill on or that you mm. fulfill on because it just sets a really unrealistic expectation and then it just creates disappointment further down the line. Um, focus on improving their skills. Um, I think the kind of path to promotion can be very different. It's not just a case of you've had your bum in that seat at that level for two years and now here you go. Mm. Focus on things that they can do proactively. So not everyone learns with classroom learning. So I'm not going to say sit on 25 different classroom courses. Think about behaviours. Think about the kind of relationships they need to cultivate. Um, think about some project work think about how they can gain experience in other ways. You might not have someone that they could manage right there and then, for example, if they've never managed, but you can manage in other ways. Um, you can give them responsibility to manage a team, um, lead the daily contractor meetings, manage the ops office, manage the set, like there's, there's different ways. I think you just have to learn to think on your feet, but just be seen to be giving people a chance, I think is important. Mm. And just ultimately, I guess, let them know that they're valued. Talk about what they contribute yeah. and, and what they bring to your team and let them feel that, you know, and, and maybe, as is often the case, maybe their path is not to be in your team for forever. Mm -hmm. Maybe their path will mean that you're a period in their career and then they'll move on and they'll progress in a different way and that's okay. And then maybe they'll come back and maybe yeah. they'll work. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I asked that question because I'm terrible at that. I need you to know the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, we, so on, from my side, our, our company is very small and we are very susceptible to client changes, show changes. You know, our, our show calendar will fluctuate um, through through no control of our own, like like many suppliers, for example, and, and also, also for lots of all of us, I guess, we're, we're all subject to change. Um, I certainly really struggle with that because uh, going back to my original point where I'm like, oh yes, I've got a brilliant idea um, and sometimes don't think through all the consequences or all the possible permutations of how that then pans out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, really tough one. Um, and I remember, I, I remember myself 
And I remember how challenging I was as an employee. And I think that's always in the back of my mind as well. I always thought, you know, clear the way I'm coming through. It was a very me approach, you know, I'm ready. Um, and if you're not going to give me what I want, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now I'm the person that they're saying that to. I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Um, and trying to, you know, I'm de that's definitely an area of development on uh, my side that I'm having to work hard on. Um, fab, right. We are way over time now. There aren't any questions on the thing. However, um, we are just going to round up with a couple of, I'm going to put my last one in. Um, and if you guys need to go in the meantime, um, that's fine. I won't take offense. But my last question is, do you think you're going to be a different manager at the end of this? And if so, why? What does return to work kind of, that's a big subject, return to work, but kind of what, what are you going to have to be different in doing when you get back? Uh, yeah, I think we'll all be very different. I think that's how we kind of started this conversation. Um, if I think back to the last 12, 18 months, I've spent the majority of my life on a plane. Um, and I guess what I've learned throughout this is that it's still entirely possible to uh, manage a team, to communicate, to build relationships and to build trust without having to be there all the time. Face to face is, of course, important and completely irreplaceable. That's why we have the industry that we do. Mm. But you know what? Work-life balance counts for a lot. Yes. So true. I think, yeah, I think it's definitely, um, yeah, for me, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll all be in a different place. I think the thing that worries me, we were talking about on a call with one of our clients yesterday, is um, I, that how I grew up in this industry was by overhearing people on the phone. So, you know, Stevie would be on the phone to Trevor and he'd be talking and I would be just listening and soaking it up and I would learn so much from overhearing other people's conversations and I can't think of the amount of times where somebody's gone like this on the phone like while I'm talking on the phone to go no you got it wrong as I'm telling an exhibitor something totally incorrect and and I and I wonder how much of our junior ops um community are going to struggle from not having that overhearing their managers and their see the senior people in the team always teaching them but not teaching them directly and what we can do to kind of supplement that i think is probably going to be the biggest thing that we're going to have to concentrate going forward on yeah absolutely yeah and i think yeah. said, i mean even though at the minute we're all remotely because we're not able to go into the office but the reality is that once we go back to business we're all still going to be remotely because we're going to be delivering probably 70 percent fingers crossed of our yearly mm. two, in two and a half three months yes we're yeah. going to be remote from each other for a long time yet so i do think as managers we do need to think about that and consider how we can still help our team and, and provide that kind of guidance and that exposure when you're not mm. necessarily going to have them sit next to you for quite some time yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you.